Hi everybody, welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow Holiday what Season. Woohoo! Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I wish I had little bells I could jingle. It would be very appropriate for the time. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Hey, loved ones. Welcome back. We are still black and yellow. This is still the Black and Yellow podcast. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. If you, if I think that is still being celebrated, yes. I hope. Um, I hope so. Happy, what is it at this point on the 17th? Happy less than a week from christmas oh my gosh what i know this is weird right? like the fact that i'm even wearing a turtleneck is 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 surprisingly strange <laughs> <laughs> it's only getting colder but i i i try not to complain because i know our listeners on the east coast are probably like listen you thin-skinned west coasters like y'all don't even know and you know what you'd be right um if you are a new listener welcome kick back subscribe stay a while if you are a return listener it's good to see you you're looking good the holidays have not gotten you down mm-hmm. um so before we get in today's episode we are gonna mm. put our money where our mouth is yay 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 especially during the holidays it's been super super important um we've been covering small businesses asian black owned businesses local non-local throughout like what almost less a little less than half of this year to be honest right because we started yeah. with our, our literary month in august Total- Ooh, good catch yeah you're totally right yeah, uh, which blew my mind, but we had we had you know a curated list for you guys. We've been um, making sure that we you know support Black and Asian-owned businesses, especially during these times, and hopefully now forever and on. I know I'm a changed person. Um, we talked about this a little bit in our previous episode, Life Before and After COVID. Yep. Um, the new Lifetime movie. Um, <laughs> um, so. Um, I'm going to diversify my dollars and this was super cool. I found them. Um, I actually texted Alana because I was, I, I wanted, you know, we, we tend to, tr- we do our best to kind of align our small business with the theme of the show. Yep. And I was actually, I, I went through like this roller coaster cause I actually felt really let down. And then I, and then I, I, of course you cry, you laugh not to cry. Um, because I had a hard time. Like I was looking for, you know, um, athleisure wear or like gyms or, you know, anything to do with like helping your mental health in terms of exercise, in terms of meditation, in terms of, uh, you know, music, all that stuff. And I actually, unless I'm a, just a horrible researcher, um, I had a, a difficult time like finding and then I thought, well, okay, it kind of makes sense if you think about Asian and our culture and how we're raised and, and what are our ideals and morals um, and values. Um, that being said, I did find a super <laughs> awesome um, candle company called By Sun Candle Company. Ooh. Yeah. So they're really awesome. Um, I follow them on Instagram and they reached out right away, which is super, super cool. Um, so their product mission is to handcraft, distribute, and sell the highest quality candles while ensuring product consistency 
consistency throughout all collections. Their social mission is to operate the company while spreading awareness of the vast Asian culturals and traditions throughout the vice of sentimental and nostalgic Eastern aromas, fragrances, while leaving the lowest carbon foot trail. We all know that's like my right. my uh my go-to words um all soy wax is produced um and crafted in the usa even better um their economic mission to operate the company on a sustainable basis of profitable growth growth with hopes of creating new opportunities for philanthropic efforts and equal employment opportunities in rural asian countries and the united states of america um and their mission i mean like i've never seen a company that has you know so many categories of mission which made me think about my company um to uh, their mission so they're they want to provide their customers with with experiential candles um they try to perfect their blends to replicate specific notes that resemble fragrances and aromas that we and many other asian americans grew up surrounded with if you're adventurous enough to explore some unfamiliar scents, you may just discover a new culture and a world of traditions to enjoy. So they're awesome because um, they so they have like chrysanthemum tea scented candles, Ooh. dragon fruit tea, green tea and lemongrass, um, honey spice tonka. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Japanese cherry blossom, lychee, red tea, um, Melona Coconut, which is like that um, that popsicle brand that a bunch of, I mean, I, I, I loved it growing up. Um, and it's very like near and dear to, to our homes. So it was like infusing these smells and I guess like products or like things that lots of like smells that we grew up eating or, or um, yeah, practically eating um, and spices and stuff and putting them in candles. Um, they have a Cafe Du Monde one, which is a Vietnamese coffee scented candle. Yeah. Right? Like, can you imagine just lighting that up in the morning and your house just smells like coffee? Yeah. Um, for people who aren't coffee lovers in that sense, like they don't like drinking it, but they like smelling it. I think that's great. Um, so, yeah, they have soy, it's all soy based. Um, they have green tea candles, fruit candles, um, all Asian themed. Mm. And, um, I think they're awesome. I'm definitely going to buy some candles from them and uh, check them out, guys. It's buysuncandlecompany.com or CO. And then I believe they're the same on Instagram, but obviously we'll have that all on the show notes. Yeah. Uh, I have to say I'm happy. I was this close to picking a candle company. I was this <laughs> close to picking Harlem Candle Company. And the thing that stopped me was that I didn't want to recommend – us, I didn't want to recommend a business, especially at this time of year, that had in big, bold letters, as soon as you entered the website, all orders must be in by this date to get there by oh. Christmas. I was like, oh, we're past that date. And I don't want to recommend something that like a listener goes, oh, I like that idea, yeah. pops to the site, and then they're not able to get it. That's like a tease. Right, um, right. So I'm glad that you did that. I'm also very curious about that Japanese uh, cherry blossom candle. I when know, you said huh? that, I feel like I could already smell it. Yeah, same. Who doesn't like Japanese cherry blossom? Oh, real. And if you don't, I don't know if I like you. Yeah, we did have a lot of conversation about this particular segment and what to choose. And so I'm glad I didn't choose candles. I actually went the sort of personal mental health route. Uh, we're mm. talking mental health today. And so I thought about what has kept me mentally sane during this time and I looked at my two lovely pooches on the couch no. and I was like 
animal love that has kept me sane. So sane. Uh, I chose a brand called House Dog. Dog in this particular case is spelled D-O-G-G-E at House Dog on Instagram. It's modern, sustainable dog accessories. One would say it's an artisanal lifestyle dog brand, if you will. Right. I know, right? The owner of the company (laughs) is Angela Medlin, who is the former Nike design director. A slight work. Get it, girl. Um... And her company believes, quote, dogs teach us that life is as simple as we make it. So we are following the lead of our canine buddies as we dream up products that simply prioritize fun, minimalism, comfort, and eco-consciousness. We research, design, and develop products out of natural, sustainable materials that are easy to care for and are non-toxic, end quote. This is all up your alley, Jack. Like, I read that. Secondly, it's up your alley because this company was featured in uh, Oprah's favorite things holiday list, that Ooh. big annual shopping holiday list. And I was like, okay, this has <laughs> got to be in the show. It's sustainable. It's modern. It's beautiful. Everything is functional. And Oprah has put her serious stamp of approval on it. So Jackie's not going to hate that. I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're known for their doggy hoodies that can be customized uh with your dog's name or also come with sayings like grateful get it grateful dog yes. grateful dead <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, grateful blessed or loved they've also got tug toys they've got collars they've got leashes and they're also selling face masks because who's not selling face masks these days to be honest with yeah you. <laughs> i'm selling face masks <laughs> Uh, House Dog also believes that love heals. So for each purchase, a percentage of sales are donated to nonprofit organizations that are rescuing and healing health-challenged, homeless, unwanted, neglected, and or abused dogs so that they might find so that they may find their caring home forever. So housedog.com. I will drop that in the show notes. I just firmly believe that the love of a canine is uh, as beneficial to is beneficial to everyone's mental health everyone you know like my dogs kept me upbeat and on my feet this pandemic mainly because they needed to go on walks but hey like getting that the body moving endorphins flowing and the love the the unconditional love that they give you the look in their eyes everything about animals that are just something so magical about them yeah yeah they look at you like you're the greatest thing in the world yeah even though you yelled at them (sighs) or you like spanked them or something they're just like man i still love you exactly like you're amazing i love you let's play scratch my butt like yeah 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 Yeah. uh so we will drop links to both of these wonderful businesses in the show notes if you are still holiday shopping check these two businesses out who doesn't love a beautiful fragrant candle who doesn't love some love for their pooch I mean, I'm just saying. Um, And with that, let's talk about today's episode because we are talking all things mental health today. (sighs) Okay, big inhale, exhale. The holidays can be a real stressful time, Uh, especially as we get closer to Christmas, Kwanzaa for those of us that celebrate it. It does feel like the holiday mental walls are closing in on us. And there is such a thing as the holiday blues or holiday anxiety and depression that is only worsening and kicking up because of the pandemic. There's a lot of people that are breaking tradition, not because they want to, but because they can't go home, they can't be with their loved ones, their support group, their support systems. And 
there's a whole new crop of people dealing with loneliness and depression and anxiety this year, especially during the holidays than in years before. Um, and we want to credit actually a former guest, Latreya Graham, who planted this idea in our head to do an episode about holiday mental health. I think she was dead on the money. And so that's what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think holidays looked very different for many people this year, obviously this year in general, but I do think that there's so much unspoken and spoken and unconscious and stuff that may be hidden, you know, in the backs of our minds for so long. And then throughout the holidays, they come up, right? They resurface, um, heartbreak, um, you know, death, grief. Um, a a lot of things happened right throughout, um, holidays, like an engagement or, you know, marriages, whatever it may be that were celebrated that now maybe don't get celebrated anymore because of divorce and there's just the feel the 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 feeling of being left out um the feeling of not not fitting in right yeah. like everyone can say like i'm the black sheet of my family sure. right like all that stuff that we've heard that we know we've, we've experienced and and i think it is important to talk about it i think it is important to normalize it i think it is important to be okay with where you're at i think it is okay to um it should be um spoken more about and that's what we wanted to do today for you guys for anyone out there I know I've experienced many things throughout the holidays especially with family um and and we wanted to um you know just you know let it all be out there so we can all be free and happy totally um I in prep for this episode I found myself going Alana you are so ungrateful because if, if there weren't a pandemic happening you would be like, oh, the holidays, all of this holiday shopping and shipping and holiday parties and, you know, the flu is going around and all, all of these loose ends need to be tied up at the end of the year. But at a certain point in time, the end of the year kind of slows down. And I don't foresee that slowing down happening at all. No, I think if anything, it it gets a little crazier and then it gets, it, I feel like there's that I don't know about specifically, maybe I'm also in a very different place than before, but I do feel like because of the economy and because of where people have been all year, literally at home, yeah. you know, I think people want to get their, it, it's like even more than before. It's like New Year's, New Year, 2021, 2021, you yeah. know, it's a new president, it's a new time, it's a new year. So I think even more than ever before, people are going to be looking to change, to do something different, to, to you know, just experience life deeper and fuller because, um, you know, I'm sure people were met with a lot of, a lot of anxiety and depression and had to face their mental health even before the holidays, right. Um, for this year. So I do think that you're right. I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. I do. I don't see anything slowing down anytime soon. Anything is going to get faster. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I noticed myself sending a lot of food gifts, not alcohol, like not wine or like, you know, make your own cocktails at home, but like a lot of warm, cozy, like, yummy fresh baked breads and cookies and brownies okay it was a lot of like sugar um because i just wanted to give the gift of coes uh because i feel like this is the holiday where there's a lot of stuff like i was looking at the stuff i need to send and i was like oh my god i haven't bought this much stuff like physical stuff for the holidays in at least four or five years i always do like experience gifts you know whether it's like a concert ticket for a friend or like a 
sporting event for my fiance. I just my life has never been infiltrated with so much shit. And now I'm like, get the shit out, get the shit out, go, go, right. go. <laughs> like, everything is cluttered. But like, see, I had the same thing with you where I was like, you know, I really want to give experiential gifts because, or really, I'm all about either experiential or really practical, right? Like yeah. gifts have to be practical because I mean, <laughs> I can buy my own non-practical things you and um, love exactly. for anyone out there listening. Yeah. Um, but I had a hard time because I was like, okay. What experiences can we have out there in the world now that aren't going to be affected by COVID? Yeah. That places that are closed, places that um, you know, I would have wanted to give someone that, but I know they're not open, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to accept my money now, or it's like a thing where you have to wait six months, and then it's just like I don't know. I I don't know if if you found yourself in that struggle, but I found myself being like. I, I actually can't give exper- experiential gifts right now because of the situation we're in. So I guess I will find something that is not as grand in that sense for me. But sure. I don't know. I, I, I struggled with that a lot. No, I still struggling. I, I definitely. <laughs> in case you can't tell. I agree with you on that. I did try and think, okay, my friend in New York, what experience can I gift her? Maybe something to go hiking. But then I was like, girl, it's cold. It's about to be cold in New York and snowy until like May. So that's a gift that she can't really use sort of a thing. Or another friend of mine is really getting into pottery. So I was like, well, do I send her clay? Like, what what do I send to make that, you know, these experiences, these hobbies uh, more fulfilling? And I'm right there with you. I was like, I don't know if I can actually give anything that's as practical and meaningful as soap. You would like to. And shout out to the Soap Kitchen. Y'all got my back. Hardcore this holiday season. Woo! What up, Dolly? Woo. What up, Mom? Uh, soap and sugar and baked goods. Black and yeah, Asian-owned companies. Right. Yeah, Just saying. Uh, and also, oh, you'll be proud of this. Many of the gifts I give, I gave did not have, were not wrapped in plastic or no waste. That was a thing that I thought about this year in holiday shopping. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm all about, that's that's really good because I can't imagine. I mean, I understand businesses have to make money off of, you know, wrapping paper and decorations and all that stuff. But like, do you know how much like awesome, awesome, like brown paper we have from Amazon boxes that could be reused right. that look artisanal and homey? And if you just tie it with yarn or whatever, like, um, I don't know what, mm-hmm. what you call that, like string or like, like the, that twine like the, kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Twine. It just, I like that for me, that's like, it's like Santa did deliver that. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's rustic. rustic. Yeah. Yeah, there's that look to it, and and I'm all about that. So that's great. Good to yeah, hear. Yeah, Dylan also uses the newspaper. He's like, I'm not buying wrapping paper. Like, if I'm going to wrap something, it's going to be the newspaper. Wrap it in the news. Get your read on. <laughs> right. Read your <laughs> gift before you open your gift. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so with that, let's introduce today's guest. He is awesome. He came uh, courtesy of our very first guest ever, Yuna Yoon. Shout out to Yuna. Thank you so Yay. much. So Daniel Tan, LCSW, is a social worker, therapist, consultant, mentor or coach, and marriage officiant who services the greater New York area, but he hangs his hat in Brooklyn. He graduated from Penn State and NYU and applies uh, and applies his work in interdisciplinary mindset to understand how various systems affect personal well-being. 
In addition to his expertise in helping young adults experiencing first episode psychosis, he uses CBT, acceptance and commitment therapy, and motivational interviewing with a focus on identity, relationships, career decisions, motivation, self-esteem, and other personal growth areas. Daniel's on a mission to help people learn new skills and strategies to help with problems and areas of growth and center yourself in authenticity and connect to the things that matter. Daniela, welcome to the Black and Yellow Podcast. Thank you. We're so Thanks happy for having to, me. Yeah, we are so happy to have you. Thanks for being here. Why don't we start out by telling our audience a little bit more about the work that you do and yourself? Yeah, no. Um, so first of all, I'm, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm based in New York. Uh, I live in Brooklyn. I'm originally from Philly, so if there's any Philly people out there, you know, <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I feel like uh, there's a lot of confusion about social work, mm. but you know we we wear many hats. Um, Ooh, I, I do have a full time job, right? So in that one, I help uh, adolescents and young adults who may have recently started seeing or hearing things that aren't perceived by many others, or mm. believing in facts that many people would not agree with, or would find kind of unusual and I don't know if um, the DSM-5 or the DSM in general, the Diagnostic and Statistical uh, Manual of Mental Disorders, they call this psychosis. Uh, uh. So I, I, yeah, I work with these young persons along with a team of specialists to really help them achieve their goals. So that's, that's one aspect of my job. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I didn't think that that ca- counted as social work. I do think that we have a limited idea of what social right. work is. Huh. Yeah. Thank you for blowing that lid off for me because I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is like usually more medical, right? Like people think of that like as a more medical thing. Um, for sure. But I mean, I also do social work things that people might think about. Actually, I don't know what you guys think about social work. <laughs> I guess I've always thought about social work as um, people or children are in need of, of homes or employment or funds for, for something. Like, I've always thought of it more like that, like helping people with the basic, meeting the basic necessities that they need for life, for like everyday, day-to-day life. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So we actually do do that in our program. You know, oh. a support education and employment specialist who's helped with that kind of stuff. We have a nurse, a psychiatrist. Ah. I do, in my role, you know, I lead the team, but I also provide the therapy. I help with coordinating care and making sure the team members and I help them get benefits. Uh, all that stuff about basic needs, but also, you know, helping them try to thrive as much as they can. Um, and of course, like, I think social work has a lot to do with social justice. Mm-hmm. So within my organization, I also do some organizing to confront structural racism. Ooh. Like I lead a POC caucus, an affinity group for staff as well. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. You so are wearing many hats. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have, you know, my side gig too. Right. Um, <laughs> Tell us about it. We want to know more about the side gig now that we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I only really started last year um, in October. So happy anniversary-ish. Um, <laughs> and it, it, I do private practice psychotherapy, mostly mm. for BIPOC and individuals with other oppressed identities. Mm. Uh, I also do 
you know, consulting, trainings, workshops, and talks. Uh, and I recently, during the pandemic, started doing donation-based mentoring and coaching, mostly to BIPOC as well. So, That's wow, amazing! Wow. Yeah, thank you for pulling up for our communities and serving communities that need the help. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have That's to support really... one another. Totally. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, so uh, this is our mental health holiday episode, and we all know the holidays can be very stressful for many people, you know, in general. Um, and then obviously, uh, there are its its own specificities um, within that realm as well. So I just wanted to ask a very general question: how How do the holidays affect our mental health? Yeah, I mean, how don't they? Right? Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with what holidays mean for people. Uh, like, there's there's a vision, there's a vision attached to it, a certain way that people expect it to be. Right. Oh, definitely. Like an expectation for sure. Right. So, so joy, connectedness, family, time off. I mean, we just had Thanksgiving. It was about gratitude, eating a lot. True. Um, eating with family, relatives, right? And then mm -hmm. moving ahead, there's like giving gifts, receiving gifts, and then yeah end of the year reflection right and yeah this has been the same since we were kids right this winter <laughs> break yes no school yes <laughs> so true yeah and and then that means like we expect like a rebirth of some sort with new year's resolutions like people are supposed to have community and harmony and just supposed to be emphasized all throughout Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's that vision. Like, there's mm -hmm. this vision of the holidays, and um, at the same time, there's there's people who don't seem to get these aspects. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So that that might be a sense of loneliness as part of it, a lack of a sense of belonging. You might expect community, but then you don't have it. Mm -hmm. It's hard, um, and it it can become then something about exclusion. What do you mean? Other than inclusion. So, because people internalize it differently, other people may feel like they're missing out on some of, like, all those aspects of it. Oh, got it. Um, I, okay. I can definitely relate. Um, yeah, that's, that's so interesting. I never really, like, it, it was never, like, brought to light the way that, that you just, just spoke about it, but I'm sure many people can relate where is there is this sense of feeling left out or in a weird way feeling like you don't belong like if, if the feeling of not belonging is even more obvious than before mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure i think being a person of color i think there's the like the american way of celebrating holidays and i think that there's our oh, family's yeah. ways of celebrating holidays and i do think that it's around this time of year that i'm like oh yeah you're a person of color your holiday traditions are different they're not necessarily reflected in the latest hallmark movie or in the latest mm -hmm. um uh, M&M &M commercials or yeah, whatever. For Target. sure. For sure. Absolutely. So there absolutely is that. Um, yeah, man. And like I think I, it's... I, I grew up in a Chinese takeout in Philly. 
I was, you know, a Chinese restaurant kid. Mom, you know, like, we don't have a chimney. <laughs> we don't I have get a that. Like, <laughs> I get that absolutely. Yeah, we for sure. We don't hang stockings. <laughs> we don't stuff our stockings. I mean, I grew up with a black Santa, so for years, seeing a white Santa Claus in movies was always like, who is that person? Because that person is not the lap that I am familiar with and that I sit on. And also, black Santas tend to not be like heavy set and like. Black Santas were always fine. Just to let you know, Daniel. Like the, the, the Santa Claus I saw was so cute, and all the girls would get dressed up. But I do see what you're saying about expectation and tradition. Yeah, pressure. This yeah, for pressure. sure. Absolutely. Like, like financial pressure too, right? Like Oof. giving. I don't know. Like even even if you consider something as simple as like a Pollyanna or Secret Santa. Like mm-hmm. I, I call it Pollyanna growing up, but I know <laughs> more people call it Secret Santa. Um, like it's like, oh, do I sort of spend, what's the limit for us? Yeah. You no know, shame and guilt attached around not being able to spend much or not being able to buy something for your child. Oh man. Oh you know? yeah. You hit all those nails right on the head. Yeah. And it's the whole aspect about anniversary dates right so like holidays become anniversary dates for other stuff that may have happened in the past so there could be loss there could be divorce breakup you know if something happened at the end of you know the semester in high school or college then you might think about that more so then and and then it becomes fall to winter and then there's no mm. daylight as you know not as much daylight and all that kind of seasonal yeah. stuff starts to happen too so it's it's a lot Daniel, you brought up breakups, and you know the girls are not trying to incur a breakup right now. We are fully in the holiday season. Like, this is the worst time to get broken up with, but I unfortunately do know many people who have been broken up with around this time, so I understand what you're talking about with regard to, like, having negative um, associations with these dates. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're gonna we have a couple of questions obviously um on, on the loneliness aspect of it because um I'm sure a lot of people have felt it whether you've been in a relationship or not in a relationship. Um <laughs> yes. but but I mean yep. so let's what is the reality so 2020 was crazy and the reality was that you know we had to celebrate the holidays during a global pandemic um and so what do you what were the challenges that that people had to face this holiday versus all the previous ones yeah i mean i think the first thing that really comes to mind is the fact that there was already a lot of challenges this year. Right? Yeah. Period. And, and it's not ending. You know, it has not ended now that we're in the holidays. We kind of expect all that joy and whatever, but it hasn't ended. Yes. All those issues and the mental health stuff, for example, that you may have experienced already, it might not necessarily stop just because we're in the holidays mm. because you expect those traditions to happen in the holidays um and you know whatever cultural traditions you have for the holidays they're 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 kind of broken in a way this year and i think that also starts to make people think about uh, the idea of home right like what does home mean to us are we able to go home are we home where we are um space and time are just so distorted too like how does that all kind of 
affect the way that we conceptualize things and think about things. Ooh, I have tears in my eyes, Daniel. You laid some like heavy questions down that I was not anticipating, but I think that you're absolutely right. And these big, heavy questions about questioning what home is and like, am I there and can I get there and can I recreate that feeling? Yeah, that's all. Ooh, I have chills. Yes, 100%. I also think about the fact that this year was, like you mentioned earlier, was just so hard in and of itself that, you know, people were were struggling to pay their homes. People might have moved out of their homes unexpectedly, had to couch surf, had to, you know, figure things out with Move rent. in with family. Yeah, a lot of people moved in with family yeah. because they couldn't pay rent mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and it just, I'm sure it just gave this, um, the, the holiday season just a totally different feel. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, just to imagine how many people can't make rent or pay their bills or are just working extra hours doing Uber Eats and DoorDash at the same time and Grubhub and, you know, like, I'm not endorsing them. I don't know if they yeah, yeah. anything, but like, like but, you know, like, people have to work extra, extra hard and companies aren't providing more bonuses and, and yeah. they're making more money. It's, it's terrible. Um so, so then, like, there's also this, like, I'm not okay, but I, I feel like I have to be okay um, and let everyone know that I'm okay. Ooh. With all the mixed messaging going around, I think, about the state of our country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you Hearing you say that totally makes sense. I think it goes back to what you were saying about tradition and what ho- holidays normally look like, because I know that this is a very financially stressful year for a lot of people. And it's easy to be like, okay, yes, finances are tight. Uh, No Christmas gifts this year, or I'm just doing cards or whatever. But to actually do that, like to actually follow through with that is really, really difficult because then it ties into feelings of ego and pride that might be uncomfortable, that no one wants to have to battle during this time. Feelings of loneliness as well. Shame Mm -hmm. is a big one. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to talk about loneliness for a second because I do feel like loneliness is going to be a feeling a lot of people are going to contend with this holiday season because many of us are not going to be able to see our friends, our families, or other loving support systems that we usually see around this time of year. Many of us are not able to go home or, or, or to a place that gives us the feeling of home. Um, perhaps a totally new crop of people is going to be dealing with feelings of loneliness that have never dealt with those feelings before. How can we, how can they, how can all of us who are dealing with those feelings of loneliness, how can we deal with them in a healthy way? You know, I, I, I do want to first emphasize that, you know, the issues that we're talking about, they're not new to this year. And it's really recognizing the context that we're living in and how that context really just exacerbates the situation and just mm-hmm. makes things worse, right? Like loneliness, for example, may have already started earlier this year or even before last year. Um, and then perhaps more people are experiencing it together in mm-hmm. a way. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, totally. All the memes, right? All the, all the memes. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> too much, too, yeah. too many memes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too real, too real. Yeah, yeah. 
No, like we want to be compassionate, right? That, that's mm. like the first thing. I mean, I like there's so many times when it's just I, I talk to people and just, you know, remember what's happening right now. Hmm. You are still working. You're in the middle of the pandemic. There's social injustice happening. There's people protesting. Mm-hmm. There's talks about a coup. There's mm. all this stuff. And you are here. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember all that. And so there's a sense of compassion about um, dealing with the current issues. And with loneliness, it's, it's really about what connection means. And I think connection to yourself and connection to others. And all of those are, are very much broadly defined. What does yourself mean and what, what does connection to others mean? Mm. You've got a lot of, you're like dropping rhetorical questions on us for like food for thought for later. What is home? How does home feel? What is connection? How does it feel? Thank you for all of these big reflective questions. Uh, And speaking of family or, or connectedness, how can we maintain a feeling of closeness and connection with loved ones during this time of year? I'll level with you. I don't think I'm the only person who's all zoomed out. I think a lot of people are over Zoom or blue jeans or hobnob or whatever your, you know, uh, uh, video chatting platform is. Um, do you have any other suggestions of ways we can feel connected? Yeah. I mean, first, the, the, the questions that I'm dropping, you know, I tend to get kind of meta. Sometimes I, I love it. it all. Like, we love, <laughs> yes. We're fans. Social worky on people. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're, we're all about, we're all uh-huh. about meta. And, and I, I mean, we, we've talked about a little bit about this on the show where we've had people mention how like some of the work that Ilana and I do can be kind of social worky because mm-hmm. depending on the subject and the episode and, you know, we always want to, uh, I guess, like stir stir the mind and, and allow people to 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 look at themselves and to face themselves in, in maybe uncomfortable or comfortable ways. But, um, but this year, I think like you, you mentioned earlier was all about whatever, whatever was there that already existed as well mm-hmm. as in our government and in our system just kind of got like highlighted, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. someone just put, put a highlighter through everything and you, you, you had to see it. There's no way you couldn't. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love it. Keep doing what you guys are doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think with regards to your question about connectedness and closeness um, and like being zoomed out, I, I, think, I think also it's, it's a time of redefining our connection to technology um, and what that really means. Um, um, I, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> you did. You did. You're like Britney Spears. Oops, you did it again. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I, I remember this very, like, this conversation with a friend. I'm just like, you know, I wasn't high. Like, you guys realize that <laughs> we're, like, kind of cyborgs at this point. Like, we, we live yeah. with technology in different parts of ourselves. Yeah. We're so connected to technology, and that's how it's, we live. That we, we don't have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. But there's that. There's that, right? Yeah. But there's also, um, you know, I, I have this memory. In in I so I, fun fact, I I was baptized Lutheran, but I grew up um, raised Buddhist. But I also went to Catholic school. Oh. You are. You're a tie. You're like religiously tie dyed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
I like that. I'm, I, that's what I'll say next time. Do that. Really keep it. Tie dye. Yeah, I'll quote you. I'll quote you. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> um, in eighth grade, I had this project, you know, from my one of my eighth grade teachers, Mr. Clark. If you're out there, Mr. Clark, um, much love to you. Um, Shout out to Mr. Clark. When I was a kid, I did not appreciate this when I was a kid, but he, you know, he was going over the commandments and, you know, this critiques about the Ten Commandments and whatever, but he ended up making us learn about different types of love. Right? Huh. And he made us do this whole, this little binder project in which there's actually more than just one type of love and people think about it as romantic love or whatever most of the time husband, wife, stuff like that, very traditional, but there's actually friendship love and family love, uh, relatives, grandmothers, neighbors, you know, animals. all these people. Are, yeah, animals, different types of love. Um, and I think when we think about it like that, we can figure out all these more creative ways to showcase closeness mm. um, as different ways of doing, doing loving things with each other. Oh, I love that. I love that suggestion of, of, of whoever I'm trying to show love to, let's say it's my neighbor. I'm going to show love differently to my neighbor than I am to my mom. And what you're, what it sounds like you're saying is how does that, what does that love look like and feel like and express it like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Cause I do think it forces us to really evaluate our relationships on an individual level, as opposed to a, um, we're family period it's all family love for everybody it feels sort of general when you think of it like that but when you do say okay well how do i love daniel he is my social worker he has done x y and z for me so the way that i show love to him might look more like this maybe i'll write him a thank you card maybe i'll bake him some cookies maybe i'll schedule a phone date or a walk to like and and we can connect like that as opposed to the giving a Christmas gift, breaking bread together sort of love that you have with family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and you can get really creative. You can get so creative with all this. You know, I, I've had friends who send me um, cards in the mail, right? Like I think sending snail mail, there's, there's definitely a certain amount of love. Yes! To it. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah, surprise gifts at like in general in the mail has been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the whole taboo of, of phone calling each other, I, I think, <laughs> needs to be broken. Like, you can call is each it, other. Is it a taboo now? It is. It's it's sort of what weird how calling people on the phone is taboo, but I see what, what? he is what he means by that. Oh, what era are we living in? I have not heard someone say that yet. Like I may be in my like my cave over here, but that that's a thing. I, I guess so. I guess it's 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 true. I, I or like now and you can't just call people out of the blue. You have to always like schedule a call, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, like, yeah. Chat later like popping by someone's house unannounced like don't ever swing by my house unannounced like i was just in the neighborhood like you will not get let in i require a phone call or text message right like growing up the doorbell would ring all the time and it was normal and now i think about the doorbell ringing and it's just like it's creepy it's odd who is this person you know is it like a homeless guy like there's just so many 
That's so weird. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now, now you're doing it to me, Daniel. I'm gonna like rethink <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> yeah. But Daniel, I love what you... all this stuff. Sorry. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry. I interrupted oh, you. Keep okay. going. I. I. Okay. Um. <laughs> I mean, you can. You know, one like in my program, for example, our um, our peer specialist uh, Drew, who who wants to start his own podcast, actually. Um, love it. He. he um. He wanted to do like a, a shared playlist with all of our program participants. Um, so like doing that with family could be nice. Um, really thinking about just doing the same things together, mm-hmm. even if at different times. Um, I know people were talking about Netflix parties, but you can also mm. do it without, you know, mm. just do something to say, watch the same show and then talk about it. Read the same books and talk about it. Yes. You know, do something together so that you yeah. Can no, I love the reading a book together. So do I. Let's do it. Yeah, I read a horror book with two of my best friends for Halloween because I we needed to stay connected in a way that was meaningful. So I was like, let's read. It's called Mexican Gothic. It was so good and so scary and perfect for Halloween. But also, what you're saying, what you said about snail mail. You're right. Like when I get a postcard in the mail or someone hand wrote me a letter, I'm like, damn, this person loves me. They sat down and like took time and wrote something and got a stamp and put it in the mail. And that doesn't sound like much, please. Like that is a process. Trust and believe. Yeah. Like I think the idea. You can't just delete what you write either. Right. (laughs) True. True. You gotta commit. Yeah, and I think the idea of like actually sitting down and writing something and sending it versus like a text or an email, there's just something so different and mm-hmm. and and crazy to me that like we don't even we don't do that anymore, right? Like I remember growing up like writing thank you cards and you know, there was always a card. Yeah. My mom was always like, you know, write a thank you card because so and so did this, so and so sent this, like it was just, it's just, it's just so crazy to me how even these, like how, how fast society is moving and how mm-hmm. it really is just taking over. Bring snail mail back. Bring back snail mail. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag of the day, right? There you go. There you go. Uh, getting a letter in the mail is always going to be more exciting than getting an email. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, but with, with regards to technology though, it's about how you use it too. Cause so there's a certain, People are getting zoomed out, but there's also certain ways of using Zoom can, that can be strategic and, and fun and helpful. Like, uh, you know, I'm also part of the New York Coalition for Asian American Mental Health. Um, that's, that's how I know Yuna, for example. Love um, it. And recently we had um, an Among Us event where there's a bunch of Asian American <laughs> mental health professionals playing Among Us. And you can imagine what that's like. Oh, I love that! that. So fun. <laughs> oh my God, I love that! So we played that on Zoom. It was my first time, and it was it was so much fun. Uh, and yeah, you know, Yuna ended up being the murderer. To of course, surprise. You would it, least it was... expect her to be. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Yuna Yoon, our first guest ever, which is how we learned learned about Daniel. So shout out to Yuna. Thank you for keeping the mental health love going and flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to change gears a little bit because, you know, we, Alana and I, are two childless adults 
I mean, she's an adult. I don't know about me. Um, you are too. I can be a baby sometimes. Um, adult women hosting the show. But, you know, some of our listeners are, are parents with young children. And how can our listeners help their young kids with their mental health during this time? Great question. I'm going to capitalize on this little moment you two just had about, I'm going to, what does it mean to be an adult? Do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you guys are doing this to me. <laughs> Making me say, say this thing, right? Um, um, it's all natural, guys. Um, it is. You know, it's coming out naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, not a script. So, <laughs> Chemistry. You know, norm, normalize struggling together right like that's just just a thing normalize struggling together right i i think if if adults do that that just helps children even more mm-hmm. you know of course there's there's some boundaries and limits you want to set about how much struggle you want to share but you can right. do like really little things to help protect <gasps> the innocence but also be real with children who who are not little adults and I have to emphasize that children are not little adults as much as some people like to say that, but they, they have a, like a different level of maturity. They're, they're, you know, developmentally, they're younger, less mature, attention spans there, you know, ability to regulate their own emotions, um, ability to, to navigate kind of the quote unquote unspoken rules of the world. There's so, there's so much you know, that they don't know. And maybe we don't know either. Yeah. It's, you know, don't assume that they're just little adults. That's a big part of it. Um, mm. And really even speaking to your own like inner child and thinking about what your own inner child would want in this pandemic, which they might not really experience in the same tragic way adults do. Right. Mm. And so they're just trying to think about like, why can't I do this or that? Why? How come we're always on Zoom for school? And a lot of it is just redefining, for example, what education looks like. You know, we've, we've always thought about it as learning math and, and reading and whatnot. Um, but there's a lot more to school that now that we're on Zoom, I hope people are kind of discovering that school offers a lot um, in terms of socializing and time for parents to have a break or, you know, what, what is the purpose of learning? What are, what are the actual rules about absences and latenesses and whatnot? So there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, being more compassionate and forgiving these days, I think, because, you know, you want to expect the kids to focus on Zoom for hours on end. I, I don't, I don't know. So, so there's, there's a bit of grief and loss and mourning that has to be done together um, for the adults to grieve uh, to mourn what's been lost this year and what the transitions that have been forced this year, but also some kind of way for children to just get the play time that they need. You know, and I, when, I, when I had worked with children um, in the past, it, a lot of it was just making sure that there's play time and fun things for them to do in different ways. And play is so magical that adults sometimes forget how magical it is for us, too. Ooh, yes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think at a certain point in time, playing feels too uh, childish. And that is why I think adults stop playing. But I really love what you had to say about normalizing struggle. 
I think that is so powerful because I will 100% say you have called me in, Daniel. I am one of those adults who, when I'm around my younger nieces or around my younger cousins, I am one of those adults that has all the answers. Like, I'm fine. I, I, I've got it under control. I don't need to stress out my, like, younger loved ones. But when they when you normalize struggle you normalize what humanity looks like and what it means to be human and so kids feed off of that and i i don't know why i had never actually put that together until this conversation right now but thank you for dropping a lot of knowledge within what you just said because you've definitely inspired me not only to normalize struggle but to also question education and like what is it that our kids are learning right now but what do they need to be learning and absorbing for a future life that's outside of school you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah what you said for me really touched me deeply because um i have a i have a younger sister um, much younger. I could be her mom. Full um, <laughs> disclosure. Um, um, and I've seen she is in four, uh, third grade, and I've seen her go turning turning eight. Sorry, she turned nine this year, and seeing her go to school and actually get some of that, you know, in her earlier years. And then this whole year, she's kind of been at home and she's a kid who does struggle. She is, you know, a kid who has a lot of access to technology in terms of like distraction. She has her own iPad. And so like, I've struggled, like, because I'm so much older, I've struggled with like wanting to parent her at times, mm. realizing like, Hey, that, that isn't my job. And so I've actually uh, like consciously made the decision at times to just be a kid with her and because no one else plays with her, you know, like her, her parents are much mm-hmm. older, obviously. Um, and you know, she's surrounded by adults, you know, my brother and I are closer in age and we're both like, you know, in our thirties and she's the, the youngest of all. And so I, I, I can totally, totally, um, understand what you, what you say. Cause I see it every day. Um, when I go to their house and, Sometimes she just wants to play and, and mm-hmm. like mess around and be rough and like fight and be crazy and let all that energy out. And I just, I, I like, I had, I have moments where I look at when I was nine and I got to like, we didn't have technology. Right. So we were out of the house and my mom didn't care. My mom was like, just be home by dinner. You know, we got that, like <laughs> we got that life, even if it was, it was, you know, somewhat restricted or not, but I can't even imagine that being that age and not even being to go outside and play right properly. Right. Playgrounds are closed. Mm-hmm. Your friends, your parents' friends might say, no, my kid shouldn't go with your kid. Like it's just, it is very difficult. Um, and I, I'm just curious, like how, kids experiencing the pandemic at this age is how they're, it's going to affect them as they grow up. Right. Regardless. They will. They will. Yeah. And I I just want to point out this, this whole thing you're saying about, you know, referencing the different types of love, like how, how sibling love is like and how that can be different from parental love. Um, And and play is such an important thing um, for children. And, and, and I, and I think, you know, we can get creative, you know, there's going to be times for many families, for example, in which going out is, is not really a thing um, yeah. for many reasons. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like things you used to do with your family, like movies, like parks, like things that could have been like a day, a fun day trip, like Disneyland or, you know, things that really brought the family together. Um, even just going to the park together, maybe, or like going out, you know, winter is obviously different. It's here. But um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I I can see how all that maybe the, the normal life stuff now has to be creatively replaced with, with something else. Yeah, I kind of want to like make a bumper sticker that like encourages play, like "Hey, start playing" or something like that. Like, I feel like we got to bring play back. Yeah. Um, I have a, a, a cultural question here because this is the Black and Yellow podcast. Uh, culturally, Black and Asian people tend to not be so forthcoming with concerns relating to mental health. Do you think that's changing? And what can we do as a, as a people, as united people, to overcome this obstacle? Yeah, that's a that's a really good and very deep question. <laughs> um, Generational. Yeah. yeah. I know. Let's just, let's, just, let's just start talking about like a thousand, a thousand years ago and our ancestors. <laughs> right. Because I think even the concept of mental health is something that people people like are like you know like you got to talk about your feelings mm-hmm. it's like okay yeah um feelings but you know like <laughs> like mental health is not just about feelings right <laughs> and and I, I and i just want to give out a shout out to all the black and asian people who who have a hard time talking about their feelings yeah. but Taking yeah. their mental health in other ways. Yeah. So many ways to address your mental health. That's not just about sharing feelings. Although it is important. It's not, that's just not just what it's about. But that's um, important to hear though. Cause I think a lot of people's uh, mental health, mental health feelings done. And I think that what you said yeah. is probably going to help a lot of people listening because that's real. And I've never actually heard that said by anyone before. So thank you for that. Yeah. Feelings are both simultaneously overrated and underrated, I think. Mm. Um, Mm. Same with thoughts, right? Like I think thoughts are also simultaneously and over and underrated. You're amazing. (laughs) I don't know. How are you doing this? Like, I I meditated this morning and uh, that like I I had I had this moment after I finished meditating was like, (laughs) after I finished meditating, I literally went, that was a lot of thoughts. Like I, I said it out loud because I just was like thinking about so many things and they were going so fast and I, I couldn't stop. Right. And that's the purpose of meditation. But, um, but focusing on my breath allowed me to really see how many thoughts I was actually thinking. Mm. Um, and they it, like, it was just like rapid fire, right. From one thing to the next and one thing to the next. And, um, I was like overwhelmed by how many thoughts I thought this morning. Um, just in that, that like, you know, 20 minute period so right and some of those thoughts were just completely useless to them <laughs> to your day right like, like I, I don't yeah. know so those, those are some underrated thoughts like overrated <laughs> thoughts right there that just flew on by in your mind um and and you know like i also want to clarify that there's you know there's statistics about how black and asian people don't seek mental health services as much right. as white folks for example and I also just want to name that mental health utilization, you know, mental health service utilization is also not the be all end all to, you know, promote in terms of mental health 
for Asian and black communities. Ah, I see. You're saying there are other ways. The sort of the, the quote unquote white way is not the right way. There's other ways yes. that our culture. Okay. That. Yeah. That's so, interesting. So you can yeah. think about it in so many different levels, right? Um, you know, what are what are the ideas that kind of govern um, what it means to live in America uh, as black or Asian? You know, and of course, I'm speaking as an Asian American, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the whole idea about the myth of meritocracy. Like you can, you got to work hard to succeed, mm-hmm. and then you will succeed. There's the model minority myth, like oh, like I'm, I'm like on the top. I'm, I'm like the best minority there is, and therefore, you know, they all lead to these expectations and norms that then prevent normalizing struggle. You know, the mm-hmm. idea of the strong black man or a woman mm-hmm. and this and like all these ideas that society kind of perpetuates in terms of some groups of people are less than other groups of people. And then we internalize what we have to do to not prove that. Yeah. And that becomes really difficult. Totally. Then you, so like, I think, um, do I think it's changing um, I think there's a lot of people doing the organizing work to change institutional laws and policies that can really create impact about what it means to promote mental health um, from a community level. And I think that's what we need to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is mental health from a community perspective rather than just an individual perspective? And so Ooh. there's a lot of, you know, intersectional things to think about, you know, Black men and women, Asian men and women, um, have different problems as well. Yeah. Um, what similarities? So there's just a lot to lot to think about. Because um, I think I think that the narrative, for example, is that like oh, um, Asian parents um, are super hard on their kids, and and Asians don't talk about their feelings and problems with each other. I'm just like that's that's like not always the narrative. Right. 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 Um, and I think communication happens very differently to different people. And I don't want to just promote one way mm-hmm. of communicating. And I think that's part of what we've internalized and part of what um, other, like maybe textbooks and statistics have made us think about, like, they're not doing it the, the, white, the white way. To nope. Um, and so therefore it's not the right way. Mm-hmm. We don't want to other ourselves. Like we want to honor the different ways that we do take care of our mental health. Mm-hmm. And think about what we can add to it, right? Honor what we have and then add to it. And that, I think that can, that can really make a difference by first, by starting with our own strength that we Ooh. promote mental health and then yeah. add to it. You know, like it's okay. Add a little therapy. Yeah. yeah. Add a peer support group. Um, add this new activity. Like there's a lot of different ways to promote mental health. Um, and, you know, I, I, as a therapist, it is great to have a therapist. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of movements out there that promote mental health in different levels that I just want to, you know, say that it happens. Uh, that's uh, away from the medical model of doing things, right? Some people like medication, but not medication. Mm. Like, uh, I saw what you did there. <laughs> you know, like, in America, a lot of this about um, Asian and Black people, it's about sense of belonging and yeah. you know, cultural homelessness mm-hmm. and how Ooh. we're a diaspora instead of monolithic groups of people. Oh. So there's a lot to do that has to do with 
how we uplift our voices and you know channel channel our our emotions into different there's a lot that goes into yeah. it yeah yeah. Do you oh. do you wanna do you wanna be do you wanna host this show? Jesus. <laughs> you, you have me over here crying. <laughs> cultural homelessness. Those two words hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, God. oh my god. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna wipe my tears and I'm gonna ask the next question. Take okay. A, take a oh my god. Breath. I thought we were gonna be talking about the holiday blues and like Christmas anxiety and depression. You have us over here thinking real deep, heady thoughts and considering yeah. real really heavy questions we this is that. amazing it's painful yeah. right like i'm laughing yeah you laugh to keep from crying that's right that's right let's talk about a similarity between black and asian people we laugh to keep from crying a hundred percent oh yeah um okay well let's talk sure absolutely let's talk about something else that could hurt gender inequality shall we so during the pandemic a lot of extra work be it emotional labor child care housework cooking cleaning all the things cool. have fall- yeah have fallen mm-hmm. on women and with the holidays fully here that workload and stress load is only getting larger what can women do to maintain their mental health during this time? And how can men support us? Whether we're married to these men, whether we're related to these men, whether these men are our neighbors, women, we want support. What can we do? Yeah. I mean, I mean, first I'll, I'll say that um, this is a question about sexism, right? Like, yeah. This is really about sexism. Yeah. Um, and... You know, the way I think about these isms, much like the way I've been talking about race and racism, is that um, there's, there's, there's power dynamics involved among the races and then among um, the the, uh, you know, the sexes, mm. genders. And, and really, you know, for, for this question, um, first we have to end sexism. <laughs> um, end sexism, undo sexism, all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, you know, I, I can't necessarily tell women what to do. Fair enough. Um, Very unfeminist. About, I agree with that. <laughs> about, you know, what they're supposed to do in this pandemic to, to feel better. There's a phrase I like to use. You can't self-care yourself out of oppression um, for anyone. Mm. Um, so tell those companies that, they're, that are offering and hiring these mental health professionals to offer these webinars that, like, you can't have your employees are working overtime and extra hard to self-care themselves to death um, like oh my god yeah i guess is what they want but you know then you work work them to death um, totally so that's one thing to really just be mindful of got it um that being said you know i do i do work with many people who are being who are shouldering this extra burden throughout this pandemic and there's, there's a, a couple of things to really be mindful of, right? Like, you know, no, no one is superhuman, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just like a first, first assumption to challenge, right? Like you, you just literally cannot do it all, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and really to expect yourself of that and is, is unfair to yourself. Like add a little compassion to yourself mm-hmm. um, and, and really, you know, learn learn skills to advocate for yourself um in any dynamic that you have and and you know i want to qualify that 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 is very challenging um in many ways it's unfair um 
and and that you know you you can do all those coping skills that you want um, while focusing on you know eating and sleeping and drinking you know water like really mm-hmm. please do that um, but there's, there's there's only so much that you can do if the situation is really about the the power um, that causes an imbalance in the burden that's being mm-hmm. held in a household um, that makes women carry it in society. Yeah. So, so I'll say that piece. And, uh, and then I'll, now I'll say like, men, men can do more. Right? Like, <laughs> Speak <men> to them. <laughs> men, men, you got to step up, step up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, um, you know, we kind of know that there's more men in leadership positions, right? Mm-hmm. So create policies yep. that give a lot more flexibility mm-hmm. <laughs> during this pandemic and beyond. Um, create um, ways for child care to happen yes. from a community standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Like not just having one person within one family shoulder, shoulder all of it. Ooh. Um, you want to say something? No, childcare from a community standpoint is such a great idea and it's such a simple idea, but it's a, it's a, an idea that we can actually put into effect in our country that I feel like no one is, no politician is suggesting, but yes, childcare is something that is so expensive for households, not just women, but households and families, but also childcare during this pandemic has been the thing that if there's no one around to take care of the kid, it's generally the the women or the woman of the house who either is working less or has voluntarily left her job to help with childcare. But if we looked at childcare from a community standpoint, gathering all the abuelas and abuelos, tias, tios, your titi, your t- your, your titi or your uncle. We don't, we don't call our uncles totos. Um, but yeah, gathering the, 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 the community members who are able to watch the kids, who you trust, so the parents can work. It's sort of a pool, sort of energy resource thing. If you yeah, will, community care. This is yes, a hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just jumped in. You were on a roll, but no, yes, that's no, amazing. Like, I love what you emphasize, um, and 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 I think, like as part of that, like men need to teach young men and boys Ooh. how to be better men growing up, and 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 I think if we even want to reference. Well, okay, so policies also, of course, must include, like, pay imbalances and, like, making sure there's no inequities there. But, but I think going back to even what we said about different types of love, like, just show more love, please. Mm-hmm. Like, in this day and age, um, men can figure out what their loved ones at home, how they feel loved, mm-hmm. and do more of that like just do more of that mm-hmm. and and that could mean you know helping with the kids more <laughs> it mm-hmm. could mean showcasing vulnerability um, it could mean sharing emotional burdens it could really mean kind of undoing all the stuff about you know masculinity too to really show Huge up one. yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Really, I, really, I don't know. I think I, I was. This is probably a whole episode for your future. It's um, good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. How to get out of the man box? Love it. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I think I was thinking about that while you were. You guys were like on a roll. I was just thinking about like culturally too. You know, um, the roles of men and women in cultures are very different. Like you know, in Asian households, it is very, very different. And um, like I'm thinking about my dad right now, literally like, you know, just still very quiet, still expects his wife to do a lot of things. Um, and, and she, she will assume that role fully. And it's, it's difficult when it becomes very psychological, right? Because if, if assuming these roles gives people purpose, um, and a mission and, and feel good feelings, then how, how are then we to say, well, also like what you're doing isn't, isn't helping society, right? Quote unquote, um, in those terms. And so it, there is so many intricacies I see there um, that, that, yeah, you, we could speak about the server, but it does begin with like, I think so many little things and, and parenting is one society, media, social media, like there's so much that is going to start changing um, slowly, you know, because as, as everything does even out, which it will, mm-hmm. it has to, yep. um, you know, we'll start to see that, you know, just because we birth child doesn't mean that we have to take care of it more. You know, it's just mm-hmm. as even, and maybe you could take care of it a little bit more because we birthed the child. Just <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, 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 I just wanted to say that bit because I also, you know, have seen for like, roles and relationships firsthand where it's like, I, I, I see that dynamic, you know, um, and I want to confront it, but, but I, I can't, you know, I literally yeah. have time. Like, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen a handful of friends, um, with children, like colleagues and friends. And I noticed that the women, even though they are still working, for example, or in school, they seem to have to be expected to still watch the kids. Of course. While, yep. the, while the men are working, I'm just like, Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to necessarily step in and like speak out of turn, but I feel yeah. like that could change, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sir, it's- watch your kid. It's not called babysitting when it's your kid. It's just called parenting at that point. Do more of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, I think that was a comic. That became a comic that I had read too. <laughs> <laughs> You can uh, design it, write it, on, and put it on a webtoon. Um, so what are just some, you know, simple do's and don'ts for getting through the holidays with our mental health intact? Just some, you know, or we, we could go all into. We want homework. Yes, give us all the homework. You know, I mean, I, I think that you can go in with expectation that healthy is not normal. Hmm. Um, like you don't always need to quote unquote be intact. It's the whole normalizing struggle piece again. Yeah. In, like embedded in that is this, um, I guess ableism, right? Like ableism sees that certain people yes. who are able-bodied are better. And therefore mm-hmm. we in society have to maintain what able-bodied means, even, even in a mental health perspective. Um, so I think like a lot of it is avoiding toxic positivity, for example. Ooh, um, talk to us about uh, that. You know, it's, it's like, you kind of see it all the time on social media, this, this like one line or phrase that just 
it's like you do I, I can't even think of one right now <laughs> um, where it's just like clearly like be positive and everything will be okay like no like mm-hmm. absolutely not like, or, i love the ones where it's like <laughs> if, if you see this you're gonna have a fantastic day or something yeah <laughs> like this post and it's 11 11 and all your dreams will come true just wait everything okay i have too many i'll stop <laughs> <laughs> see like yeah that like it's so like do not embrace toxic positivity right like, em- embrace embrace like those moments but also embrace and accept suffering to some extent right Mm -hmm. um and and i think that's really important for us to know like we we cannot like um you know thinking about being intact like there's this idea of permanence in things right don't expect Mm -hmm. permanence in feelings and thoughts you know loneliness guilt shame those those are those are feelings that have momentary parts of our men of our our mental well-being they come and they go, mm-hmm. um, and they sometimes they feel permanent. And there's some, of course, some some ways to really counter that. But 100% of the time, it's not always like that. So like, keep an eye out for those moments when it's not shame, when there's actually joy, when there's actually peace, when there's actually relaxation. Um, not to not to you know undermine how terrible this year has been, but there are those moments. Because um, I, I also don't want to say just change your mindset. And you'll be fine because I don't yeah. think it's like that. Either. That sounds like toxic positivity masquerading <laughs> yeah. as like a mental shift. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. So like you expect um, permanence in, in impermanence, I guess, is a, mm. a big part of it. Um, and you find like this wow. balance between. Oh, okay. Um, you did hard. it again. You did it. No, you did it. <laughs> permanence uh, yeah, we... in impermanence. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That is something I will work on. Wow. That, that's pretty big. Yeah. Some good gems in here, Daniel. Look at you. I'm being very humbled right now. Oh, you need to write a book with all this in it. I'm telling you. Because, you know, because like there's this is balance you need to find between what is, what could be, and what was. Right. right? And like, right. like our minds kind of play tricks with, with holding on to certain parts, parts of that. Yes. So what we want to do is find what's valuable and important and lead with that a little bit more, right? Like mm-hmm. identify, just sit, sit down, think about like, what are some values that I uphold? What are some that are important to me? What are some goals that are important to me? And lead with that while allowing for space for something to get in the way. Um, and, and I think this is when I like to think of certain things as different buckets, right? This is, this is my meaningfulness bucket, right? So these are the things I do that I find meaning in my life. Mm-hmm. I like volunteering within your coalition for Asian American mental health. I like doing these types of things to help a lot of people that I might not normally reach. That these things are meaningful for me. And then there's the, the relaxation time. That you know that this is me, um, you know, binge watching stuff for hours or reading reading manga and comics for hours mm. um, there's me like riding my bike um along the water for hours um get through that relaxing stuff mm-hmm. right sometimes it's just about laying down like and and sipping a, some water right like do something that's really relaxing and, and nourishing um that's not necessarily draining because sometimes the meaningful stuff is draining oh yes yeah. so true man i'm sure you guys know this is a very meaningful endeavor for you i'm sure but 
there's a lot of work that goes into it. For sure, um, definitely. Because there's also those people who are just like, oh, because I'm doing what I'm passionate about, I've never worked a day in my life. I'm just like, that's BS. Yeah. Yeah. Many days when you've been tired. Yeah. Even though you're passionate, sure. You need to get rid of that like message. Sure. You're you're in you're like a robot that just keeps going mm-hmm. with this passion energy. Uh, like there's, you know. Sure. Six. Yeah, we love this show. Researching six hours about racism and sexism, that is mentally exhausting, no matter how much we love this show. Because you're reading about how women are inferior and people of color are not equal. Yes, I understand what you're saying. They're 100% for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, there's a balance between those meaningful and and relaxing things and finding out which ones are more social, Mm. which ones you do on your own. You know, Mm. you have that that mix of connectedness and alone time. Right. Um, and, and I also want to emphasize, you know, there's the physical health aspect of it, the mental health aspect of it, um, the cognitive health aspect of it too. Yeah, I think people don't always talk about, and that's just different ways to help you manage your time better, to mm. process information better, to like remember things better. And, and that's about using different tools and making sure that your physical and mental health are okay so that you can, you know, remember to do all the things that you set out to do for the day, but also be forgiving of yourself. Um, In addition to this kind of, you know, like connection to the environment, right? So, so I don't know about you, but I remember at the beginning of the pandemic when like, like New York City was just so quiet. And, and and like there's very few cars out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, the air is probably the cleanest it's ever been yeah. yep. in years. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So staying staying attuned to like what kind of environment you need to 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 be healthy, and that might mean, um, for example, like organizing different things in your room or house or apartment to just be the way having a plant. Be. Yeah. Yeah, like a big window. Plant people. Yes, plant people have been born this year. (laughs) I have given more house plants this year as gifts than I have ever done in years past ever. I, me, and the guy that owned my local nursery, who's like a a, a metalhead sort of rocker dude who loves his plants. We tight. We are super tight by this point. Yeah, he sees me and knows what's up. You're also like a plant. You need a certain amount of sunlight and water. <laughs> like you need that. We all need that. You know, I think I'm pretty sure a lot of people are low in vitamin D these days, right? So like really yes. take care of that, right? Funnily and, enough. You know, go ahead. No, I was I, I want to hear what you were about to say. That's funny. But um the the thing uh, about the environment too is just these little things, right? Mm-hmm. Like your bed. Do not work on your bed do not you know mm-hmm. do anything other than sleep yep um and, and sex right like it's absolutely your body just to make the, the bed about certain things so like mm-hmm. different parts of your environment need to be important um, yeah so there's, there's a lot yeah, I feel that there's a hard no TV rule in my bedroom in my house. Like TV, not in the bedroom that belongs in the living room. But um, I was gonna say yes when you were talking about vitamin D. Apparently, in COVID 
patients. That is one thing that they've noticed that vitamin, like all COVID patients are, are extremely deficient in vitamin D. So what you're saying about vitamin D and us being plants has some, has a ton of relevance. Right. Yeah. You know, plants have solved it and we haven't. <laughs> Damn. Plants, plants are everything. Yeah, totally. Um, alrighty. Well, you've been amazing yes to say the least um and you know we are nearing the end of 2020 and 21 2021 will be here just before you know it um so how like you were talking about new year's resolutions earlier as well how can we mentally and emotionally prepare ourselves for what the new year brings because honestly as much as people are probably thinking like Oh, the new year and you know it's gonna change things are gonna be I'm definitely on the air on the side of Eric mm-hmm. you know this will bleed into 2021 and Hell yeah. longer mm-hmm. um so yeah well, what do you what do you have to say what do you what are your thoughts on that you know I, I think this has a lot to do with how the pandemic uh you know the pandemic really puts us in crisis mode for a long mm-hmm. time it put us in a crisis mode for a long time this year and so the struggles that we normally have in previous years, they get revealed to a greater extent or they're just exacerbated. And New Year's, end of the year, it's the same. People are still reflecting. They're hoping for a better next year. I mean, like, think about all those people in 2019 going to 2020. It's like, this year. And this is going to be my year. Yeah, uh-huh. And then, like, people, I don't know if you guys remember January, there was those memes about, wow, January was the longest year ever. And then, wow, okay, what happened? Yeah, um, I do. And mm-hmm. I remember, even myself, last year, I was like, I went to, like, six weddings. Oh, I forgot to say, I I I officiate marriages, like, weddings. Oh, my <laughs> okay. God. Awesome. I officiated, like, three of my friends' weddings, um, marriages. And I, so I went to six weddings. And I like some of it I had to travel and I traveled a lot last year. I'm just like, this year, I'm just gonna stay home and travel whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Less often. I'm like, wow, I got I got what I asked. You for. got your so wish. Totally. <laughs> totally. So, so so part of it is about reconceptualizing and redefining what a new year means, right? Like that's kind mm-hmm. of like the theme, right? Redefining mm-hmm. and conceptualizing, right? Um, when you go into the new year, when you end the year um things aren't stopping you know it's not like we have a hard stop our relationship to time is a very interesting thing to think about um and so it's it's about the whole acceptance of suffering acceptance of good good moments and good outcomes as well they they both can come right like so expect a certain level of mixture of feelings Mm. and also expect part of those feelings to be like really nice positive ones um but also um do a lot of community organizing to try to make sure our leaders can make 2021 better um Mm -hmm. from an institutional level because that that just impacts mental health on a community level um, and livelihoods on a community level um so you know expect uncertainty um but also expect sameness you know, commit to self-care, but also community care. So 
think about you know activism and also what you can do for yourself and your family it's not it's not just it's not like a not like a big answer but the answer that sounds simple isn't so simple either so that's a really great answer and to me that does sound like a big answer because in all of what you're saying it sounds like it's something what you're saying is like get out of the individual get into the everybody and I, I i do agree with that to a degree i do think we've all been super isolated and in ourselves in 2020 and i think if we're going to get stronger and better we're going to do it together and we can only really unify if the entire community is activated i love that message a lot and you're right the information that you just gave us, the homework you just gave us is really fucking hard. None of that sounded easy. Mm -hmm. And with that, are you ready to do some rapid fire? Sure. Okay. Okay, Daniel, you have given us many juicy gems of wisdom, lots of meta questions to chew on and think about. And now we're going to put that to the side because we want to know who you are are better outside of like the epic um uh, uh sound bites you have just given us so rapid fire i'm gonna ask you a question there are no wrong answers the first thing that comes to mind are you ready okay okay you got this i know you got this here we go what was the last thing you binge watched and loved Community. I really love Community. Love it. Um, which I, okay. I watched before. Um, but this year I also watched Avatar The Last Airbender. For the oh, me time. too. Oh, oh so good. Really? It was first your first time. time? First time. First time. Oh, yeah. man. You got to watch it again. So the second time's even better. But oh, that's yeah. amazing. It's so much more meaningful this year with all the social injustice happening. There you go. Um, wow. It was, it was like, like they knew. They knew what they were said. doing. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite album of 2020? You know, my relationship to music is not that uh, defined in terms of <laughs> albums and artists. Sure. But All I right. look at my rap 2020. And, <laughs> you know, I, I listen to a lot of lo-fi. <laughs> um, I get that. Ambient compositional music, whatever that is. Yeah. So there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of that stuff this year. Um, so I did listen to a lot of music. Oh, that music, thinking music, because I listen to a lot of that music as well, Daniel. So you listen to thinking music. I working. feel it. Okay. And working yeah, music, nice. exactly. Totally. You want to hear your own thoughts, not someone else's thoughts. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh, that's a hard one. Well, I'll tell you, there's this moment when one of when I started a job and my supervisor just really directly said, not in these words, but it was like, Dan, why people don't care about you? And I was just like, oh my gosh, you said it out loud. And you know, it was, it was so affirming. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It left an impression on you. You were like, okay, I gotta do, I gotta do me for my people then. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. That's, wow. yeah, that's, that's, I will take that as advice. A hundred percent. What's a book that left a lasting impression? You know, I'm not, I'm not too much of a book person. I'm more of an articles person. Okay. The last book I read was acceptance and commitment therapy, which I think really is really helpful for my practice. Ooh. But if I want to give a shout out, I, I do read a lot of like comics, like Japanese, Korean and whatnot. And 
Power of God on Webtoons is free. Um, Rita is amazing. The author is sick right now, so there's a hiatus on Ooh. chapters weekly, but I'm patiently waiting for the author to heal and recover and come back to, to, to continue. Is the author, Power it's not God. It's not COVID that the author has, right? I hope not. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Power of God, y'all. Check it out. Okay, you are going to the electric chair. You have one last meal on earth. What's it going to (laughs) be? You can pull out all stops. Yeah. Well, let's end the death penalty, first of all. And um, I really would love my mom's hot pot. Ooh. My mom's home hot pot. I've, I've thought about this before you answer this. Like I answer this question many times, and it's it's always been like my mom's hot pot. Ah, that hot question pot. is my standard dinner party question. Always, okay. it's always the icebreaker. <laughs> uh, what's a recipe you cannot stop making in quarantine? Hmm. I've been eating a lot of eggs. Um, I've gotten to baking too, and I've been watching like the Great British uh, oh, baking show. So good. Oh, I made a lot of. Um, I, I try to make chasu and like roast crispy pork belly a lot. Um, I've taken a break from it, um, but I did make it several times throughout the pandemic. Okay, okay. What's the biggest lesson you learned this year? Ah, uh, wow. Hard to choose. I feel like just because of our conversation, we just need to redefine everything, dismantle everything, redo everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like some things you just got to let go. That's important, right? Yeah. Redefine and let go. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, what's a mental health fallacy you would like to end? Oh, yeah. Either or thinking. Black and white thinking, like <laughs> this and that thinking, like that's just yeah, that's that's, that's a good one. People are, are in that trap, have that trap. So you're saying don't think either or think it could be everything and anything and everything and anything in between. Yeah, yeah it could be like you like baby blue, dark blue. <laughs> uh, okay, what's the last purchase that you made that excited you? You know, in the beginning of the pandemic, I really love my air purifier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. That makes know, sense. I went to social work school um, that was super expensive, and I have a lot of student loan debt still. Mm. And, you know, I hope student loan debt is, is ended uh, okay. next year. <laughs> and it's forgiven. Sure. Um, and the, you know, so like they, they did that pause on student loan payments. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, I actually have some money to spend. So, you know, <laughs> they forgive my loans. I'll stimulate the hell out of the economy. I love it. And, and so, so this year, most recently, I bought a Roomba. And the Ooh. Roomba self-empties itself. So you're like, oh, it already pays for itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> takes itself to the trash? Yeah, it goes back to its base and it sucks out all the trash from inside what it collected. And all I have to do is empty the little packet after like a month or two. And it, that's, that's it, you know? And like cleaning I, droid. I, I, yeah. That's the whole environmental thing again, right? Like my Roomba has added so much environmental <laughs> mental health stuff for me personally. That's a lot of things, right? 
<laughs> Daniel with the fancy vacuum cleaner. I love it. Okay, bad days. We all have them. What is your remedy? Yeah, my go-to is chatting with different friends about my struggles. Um, just, just like laying down um, on my couch or on the floor um, or on my bed um, and, and just reading manga or comics and maybe have some music or show playing in the background um, and just letting time go by without caring. All right. And final question. 2020 was pretty thorny, but what was your rose? Yes. Uh, so besides my close friends and my family, I have to give a shout out to the New York Coalition for Asian American Mental Health. Um, we, we do a, a peer supervision group that has been meeting every two weeks and it's just Ooh. for Asian American mental health professionals. Oh, wow. It's been awesome. Um, and, you know, like I, the, um, I don't know if you guys know about subtle Asian mental health. No, I do, I do not. <laughs> like subtle Asian yeah. traits. Yeah, but there's yeah. a subtle Asian mental health one yeah. that the Asian mental health uh, collective folks uh, had created. Um, and there was supposed to be, a, there was a meetup last year, a New York City meetup last year, and I made some really great friends out of it. And so we started mm -hmm. our own little chat group for the people who met. Um, and now we call ourselves the, the, ourselves the sandwiches. Oh, Asian mental health issues like sandwiches. Um, so we've been having like different Zoom sessions that have been pretty great throughout the year as well. Um, and and just also just working with with people um, that have just been amazingly resilient throughout all this. It's just like wow, you're okay. I'm not okay, but like wow, you're. <laughs> um, so just drawing power and energy from the people I work with as well has been really, really great. That's awesome. I'm really, really grateful. I'm really grateful right now. I have this gratitude feeling right now. I feel oh, like that gratitude great. just hit you right now. And I'm super happy that we were able to help you uh, uh, come to that realization. We're happy for you. We're super grateful that we had you on this episode. Here we were thinking we're talking, we're going to talk about all things like stockings and presents and fa la 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 la. And you gave us a whole hell of a lot more to think about than the present holiday season. We're sad to see you go, but Daniel, last but not least, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Where can they find you? How can they access your services? We want all the plugs. Yeah, so you can. You guys can email me. Uh, my email address is b at dantan.com. So it's b as in B-E uh, at my name, D-A-N-T-A-N-H.com. And then my Instagram, which is uh, build.better.b meaning B-E so. I will drop those links in show notes so that we can also have you know if the if our listeners want to immediately email you after hearing this or immediately follow you they can go ahead and do that but Daniel thank you so much for doing the black and yellow podcast we loved having you on thank you so much yeah I love being on thank you so much you guys did a lot for me too being able to verbalize these things has done a lot for me personally so keep doing what you're doing this has been great thank you so much and that's our show guys thank you so much for tuning in uh, we are the black and yellow podcast you can find us on Instagram at black and yellow podcast you can also email us podcast at uh, podcast black and yellow at gmail.com you can find us individually on the gram I'm Alana Webster but on the gram I'm at renegade of fun 
I'm on the gram as Jacqueline Chung Young. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you guys thought about this episode. Shoot us a little DM, a little rate, a little review that helps us keep this little baby going. Thank you again, Daniel. It's been amazing to have you on. You've been so wonderful. Thank you for all your insights. There's been so many takeaways from this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And we hope, listeners, you enjoyed it as well. And we'll be back next time, y'all. We love you guys. Happy holidays. Take it easy. Bye.